to another special, always a special edition of Ignite Radio Live. Over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio, you're with Greg and Stephanie Schleter and John Paul Schleter on soundboard. There you go, he's going to turn down the music right now. Um, We're delighted to be with you during this Advent season. So it's important, I think, just to keep it real, that phrase can become cliche. But um, it's a good challenge. It's a good challenge for me um, that we can get into our work mode and uh, our logistics modes of preparation. And all that is good, but uh, it can keep us from maybe looking earnestly at real challenges relationally, maybe looking at the discord in our hearts, taking the time to kind of see the weeds that uh, sometimes maybe the logistics, we we get involved in the logistics and the superficial things to hide from the deeper things. And so I say, keep it real. God wants, God wants us to be before him as we are, not as we'd want him to see us. He sees it all and he loves us. And uh, that's the beauty of Advent and certainly this journey here on earth. It's, it's uh, the beauty of the Mass, the beauty of our Catholic faith that we don't go deeper in our faith because we've arrived. Certainly there's an acknowledgement and a celebration of who God is absolutely that moves us to just love Him. But hopefully there's a, an awakening to the cry in our hearts for greater intimacy, an awakening that makes us mindful we're not made for this place. That um, as awesome as the greatest moment may be here on this earth, it will be incomplete. That our souls will always have a longing for something more and something greater. And that's good for us maybe to hear tonight that uh, if you have a longing in your heart, if you're feeling alone, if you're feeling challenged, if you're feeling incompleteness, if you're feeling brokenness, see that as... um, God allowing it, that we would yearn for that fullness in Him and to know that He's, he's in it. He's, he's, he's woven into our yearning for Him. He wants us to yearn for Him. He wants to increase that desire for Him. So let's begin in prayer tonight. And uh, I just want to give you all permission to call in tonight and uh, share with us what's, what's happening in your life. Maybe it's just a testimony of what God is doing for others to hear, something powerful maybe that's happened. An insight maybe that you received, just call in tonight and share. Maybe something's on your mind uh, of a faith nature, relational, spiritual nature you like to talk about. Here's that number, 877-275-8098, 877-275-8098. Call in and uh, again, we're here for you. We're here to uh, just open the door and be real before God who wants to dwell in our hearts as he did in a stable, in a manger. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, we come before you this very moment, mindful that we are incomplete, mindful of our longing, of our desire for something greater than anything this world can provide. Mindful, Lord, that the heights that you've blessed us to experience, whatever those moments may be, whether in marriage, friendships, events, vacations, Anything we've ever received under the Christmas tree, the heights of that, Lord, are, are but a shadow of, of the great, powerful intimacy that you call us to for eternity. So we pray, Lord, that right now you make us aware that you've given us this longing. You want us to tune into the longing, knowing that you've made the longing for a purpose. 
that you are the, the subject and the object of our longing. You, you want us to seek you, Lord, with all our hearts and minds. And so we invite you tonight, God. Emmanuel, come and be with us. You came on this earth, and we anticipate your coming again, and we invite you tonight through the Holy Spirit all the more to inhabit these stables, these messy stables and mangers that uh, are us. We just acknowledge that, God. We invite you to inhabit them, to dwell in them all the more. Increase our confidence, God, that you've inspired this prayer and that uh, if you have inspired it as we believe, you will fulfill it. We ask this in your name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So, Steph, we're coming up on week number three woo, woo, woo. of Presents for Christmas. Yes. And, uh, folks, it is just a powerful, solemn, and yet uplifting evening in the presence of Jesus in the Eucharist, taking place on Wednesdays before Christmas. No, number three is tomorrow at St. Joan of Arc, 6.30 p.m., absolutely free. You can find out more at presentsforchristmas.com. And I get it. You know, you're at work and the wheels are spinning all day. And maybe you just want to come home and you get to, I don't know, 530 and you're eating. I just don't want to go out. It's cold. But, you know, I've been there. And I can tell you this with confidence. Everybody who has been there, and I mean a space of resistance of, I'm you know, I just want to relax in my house and I don't want to go out in the cold. And they did it anyways. You won't find a single person that I know of in all the years of doing this who will say, I really regret going to presents for Christmas. It's quite the contrary. They come and within moments, the clouds and the shadows and the, the yuck, the discord just melts away in the presence of Jesus. And we receive somewhere in the midst of that. It's not immediate, you know. I mean, our wheels are still spinning. But somewhere, pretty quickly to the beginning of this presence for Christmas, the clouds dissipate. And we're in the presence of God and we experience his anointing. And uh, you got to kind of make the decision, you know, that that what, you know, that desire to sit back in your house, uh, which we all get, that you're, there's something greater God wants to give us. You got to kind of tell yourself that that's true because you've experienced it before because maybe I'm telling you that. So, Steph, how's it been for you the last couple weeks? Well, I just want to comment first on what you're saying. It's so true that it's so easy to just sit back. And it is a tough time, right? It's 630. Maybe you're just getting home or quickly finishing supper or whatever. And as you said, you won't regret coming, you know, and it can be disheartening when you hear the different comments, whether it's presents for Christmas or some other very good thing that, you know, could be a powerful encounter for somebody. And you get the, well, I have you know, homework to do or shopping to do or, you know, whatever the excuse is. And although those are legitimate things, sometimes if you put something else in their place, you'd be, you know, if it was a, like you'd like to use the example, Greg, of if a coach called a practice, nobody would fight it. <laughs> you know, you'd Extra be there 30 early minutes or, an hour or whatever, or but no judgment there. So I guess I just encourage... Yes, no, I just encourage, <laughs> maybe a little, um, well, not judgment, but just frustration, because you know the Lord desires that encounter so deeply. You know, we're not doing him a favor. He just longs to mm. pour out his His grace upon us and have that time with us in that um, very special way. And as Catholics, how blessed are we to have our Lord Jesus Christ present, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist, and... The amazing sacraments um, 
of penance, reconciliation, mm-hmm. right there going on at the same time um, in the community and the the word and the worship together. And, you know, it doesn't get better than that. So that being said, it's been awesome. And if you have been to one of the past two presents for Christmases, call in. Share with our audience what your experience was, 877-275-8098. Stephanie, there were some powerful images uh, last week, um, and I missed some of them because I I have the, the challenge of attending to some logistics, but even in spite of logistics for me, just those moments that I'm able to just enter in are pretty powerful. But, you know, I was taking some pictures last time. I, I usually try to take some, but I want to enter in more. But just to share, if you're if we're Facebook friends, you could see some of these images by scrolling down. Very, very powerful. But you described something and others described something powerful that they saw. Tell us about that. So there's a um, very blessed part during Presents for Christmas where the priest or deacon who is presiding um brings down the monstrance with our Lord in it from the top level of what we call the burning bush, which is a pyramidical structure that is surrounded by different um, levels of candles that have been brought up in procession by all of those um, participating in the evening, representing their lives, you know, all that they're carrying, and then some. And um, the people are invited to come before the Lord in, in closer proximity, if they want to, you know, just be closer to him in that way and kneel down or stand or whatever they feel moved to do for however long they would like to. Um, and without fail, you know, it's this long line of people, some kneeling all the way down or walking on their knees, if you will, others right before they come before the Lord. And so the deacon last week, um, Deacon Mike, we love you, Deacon Mike, um, you know, had the Lord down and as he's kneeling and the two images that struck me most because I was right there near them um, was a young family, a mom. Mm. And um, I think the dad was nearby, but just surrounded um, little with a children, number of little three, children, four, five, yes. and just the little hands reaching up to touch the humeral veil. Reverent delight. Yes. And, and just delight. the look in the eye, the eyes of these little children just staring at Jesus in the Eucharist and just a very, very powerful, profound, and to see the, um, the great gift of the mother's face, you know, what a gift for the mom to be bringing her children so closely to the Lord like that. And who knows? Marian. Yes. The effect that that, you know, had in that moment for the mom, the dad, the children, and, and for years to come, I think too often, just a little commentary, we, you know, in the society that we live in, the culture in which we are a part of, everything is immediate. You know, the immediate effect, the immediate response. You know, my goodness, if our, you know, Gmail doesn't come up right away on our phones, it takes like 10 extra seconds. It's this huge deal. What's wrong with my phone? And, you know, so any sort of waiting is this, you know, crazy thing for us. But we have to remember, too, like, even if we don't feel something, because it's not about feeling the Lord uses those moments later on. It's like going and, um, you know, getting gas in our car. You know, it's it's for the long haul. It's not just that immediate moment. And I think in those moments too, we need to realize that that's that nourishment that lasts a long time. So, and then the other image um, on the opposite end of the spectrum was this very dear older gentleman mm. who was sitting near me in the back of the church where I had been sitting 
And, Way in the back. Yes. And um, definitely struggled walking. And he had a cane and um, a woman with him that I assumed was his daughter. Um, and just, you could tell he just needed to go down before the Lord. Mm. And so even though it was a struggle for him and a real sacrifice to walk all the way down to the Eucharistic Lord like that in the front of the church, I, I have rarely seen something so powerful and full of love. It was like the Lord calling or him, you know, just wanting to be closer like that. And the profound blessing, I, again, I don't have the words for it, but just moved very, very deeply um, for that encounter. And then the young lady who was with him, you could tell, she, you know, who knows what she was carrying. And you love to, not that you're watching others, but unite your prayers with whatever theirs may be. And so I felt blessed to be part of that moment and whatever the Lord was doing, you know, in her soul and in during that time. So again, just a real blessing of grace, you know, uh, you know, praise and worship is just always awesome. Mm-hmm. That's what we're called mm-hmm. to do. That's what we're made for. And, uh, I remember Deacon Rick Nelson said at um, one of our gatherings, just the great privilege that we have in praise and worship. Like we are literally united with all of heaven. Mm. Like it's a privilege for us to unite image. our voices with the ultimate goal, right? No such thing as solitary worship. Right, right. And again, as Catholics with that belief of the communion of saints, um, and just how we're able to unite like that. So, folks, I didn't plan on saying this, but Steph, as you were sharing those beautiful images, of course, I think of Cheryl, the woman battling cancer who came up right in the presence of Jesus a number of years ago and uh, just battling that horrible disease that we're, we're holding up a number in our community right now, battling it. But she came forward and uh, took her wig off and just the image of, if you will, that nakedness, that total surrender that, you know, God, doctors are doing all they can, but I am totally at your mercy. You are my creator. You are my Lord. And I give, give you all in, and just, there wasn't a dry eye in the place mm-hmm. and uh, praise be God. Uh, she's doing very well right now. And um, certainly there've been a number of examples of real miracles, certainly emotional and maybe relational, a little more difficult to quantify in a science scientific way, but many of those have taken place. Forgiveness, apologies, reconciliations, but there have been bona fide physical, medical miracles that have taken place of people praying over one another, literally in the presence of the Eucharist. So I move to say this just right now, if you're switching over from the rock station, which I may be listening to now if I was driving about, and you know, maybe Van Halen led to a commercial or Led Zeppelin, and uh, you know, you, hold on, I'm talking to you right now. <laughs> so we are Ignite Radio Live, and we're like you, even though we're older maybe 50, and, uh, you know, this faith of ours is not just cliche. It's not just jump through the hoops. We are sinners. We are fallen. We've experienced a lot of what the world has to offer. My wife has, she's one of 12. I'm one of eight. Believe me, trust me, uh, all of the experiences of, of human virtue and vice we're in the midst of. We're, we battle it ourselves. So let me just say, um, though, God, we believe, we truly believe that God is, loved us so much that he gave us his son. I know it sounds like I'm going into clicheville, but I mean to meet those spaces inside of us. Which of you listening right now aren't experiencing, um, I don't know, discord, disconnect, uh, absence of something, privation of something? We all are. And the only supply of that absence is God, is his love. Nothing else is going to satisfy it. 
Um, if you think you can, you know, knock yourself out. I mean, I say that not wanting you to, but try all the things throughout history that have been tried and failed. You're not going to be the exception. Is it sex? You know, I'm not giving you permission, but you could go all into that. If it was drugs, you could go all into that. If it was, you know, infidelity, if it was porn, you could go all into that. You are not going to be satisfied. You are not going to be fulfilled. Um, only God can fulfill this space inside. And that implies what? That he actually is accessible, that he can be encountered, that he can be experienced. And um, for 2,000 years now, we believe Jesus Christ the second person of the Trinity, took on flesh and blood and gives us in a special way. And this is where I'm going. If you read John 6, he gave us his body and his blood. He gave us his real body and his real blood in the Catholic Church to encounter him. And he invites us to believe. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, unless you eat of my body and drink of my blood, you have no life within you. How many of us right now are yearning for what I don't know what else, how to describe it, but are yearning for life, are yearning for greater emotional, spiritual, physical life. All of us. Well, he told us, unless you eat of my body and drink of my blood, you have no life within you. For 2,000 years, he has given us from that epicenter of Jesus and his first disciples, the Last Supper, all throughout history, he's given us his body and blood in a continued, unbroken succession through his priests. And I, I challenge you folks, you're, you know, Whatever else you want to search on Google, certainly do that. But I challenge you to look up Eucharistic Miracle. Do a search on Eucharistic Miracles if you doubt the miracle of God with us. If you doubt that his power is present to us. If you doubt that it's, you know, maybe something that was just long ago and want to know, is it really present here and now? God is with us, body, blood, soul, and divinity, and he wants to heal, he wants to transform. And this event that we're talking about, Presence for Christmas, at St. Joan of Arc on Wednesdays, tomorrow night, 6.30, is a powerful encounter of the real presence of Jesus Christ. Just as real, just as present in a different way, in the form of bread, it just looks like bread, but just as present to us there with all of his power. So if this speaks to you, brothers and sisters, right now, I encourage you to come on Wednesday, tomorrow night, St. Joan of Arc, 630. And another plug to any of you who want to share with us maybe how God is working in your life. Um, want to share with us how your Advent is going. Maybe there's something you want to talk about or uh, is confusing in the realm of matters of faith or spirituality. 877-275-8098. You're with Greg and Stephanie on Ignite Radio Live. And in absence of you calling, this is where we're going to go in the next moment and break in. By all means, I give you permission to just dive into this. But it is the feast day, one of my favorite feast days, uh, the feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And another thing, if you're tuning in, just for those of you who aren't Catholic or maybe don't get the Catholic thing, God chose to make himself present in this world through his mother. He chose that. He didn't need to do that. He chose to reveal himself through human and material instrumentality. That simple idea distinguishes Catholics. That's what God chose to do. Whether it makes sense or not, it's certainly there's sensibility about it. But he chose to make himself present through human and material instrumentality. Most of us know about God. Why? Because somebody shared the God story with you. He chose to make himself known through, you might say, ink configured a certain way on paper that we call the Word of God, which, by the way, came from a community of believers that also determined whether or not this book would make it or that book would not. He inspired a community 
that gave us the inspired word. There would be no inspired word without an inspired community. That community continues with us to this day that we call the church. And we yearn for the day where that church is no longer an image of scandal, where there's no longer tens of thousands of denominations. But all of us say, God, I want to live the truth that you've revealed, that is clear to us. And uh, oh, by the way, because he calls us all as humans to participate in his salvation, his once and for all salvation, the once and for all salvation of Jesus Christ, because he calls humans to participate in that and to be instruments of it, we are imperfect, which means what? Which means the church is perfect, the truth is perfect, but we imperfectly reveal it. Hey, brothers and sisters, I want to say right now, if you're struggling with the church, maybe uh, a non-Catholic Christian, or maybe just not in the faith, because of uh, somebody hurts you or you experience hypocrisy, I get it. We all get it. We've all experienced the less than perfect witness of a priest, of a minister, of somebody who, you know, wore their Christianity like a decoration, but under the hood was, it was just, we'd experience the corruption there. But don't throw out God in his perfection because of the imperfect representation. Maybe this Advent is for some of us, some of you to be healed. To really distinguish between your imperfect father who, you know, gave you birth, if you will, and your eternal father. Maybe the, uh, the call for some of us is to, to really, um, again, believe that God loves us so much. So anyways, call in 877-275-8098. And uh, we're going to read right now, Steph, back and forth, um, a little bit of this, this narrative that describes, this is a story that comes to us from 1531 describing the event that took place in Mexico, by the way, at a time uh, just after tremendous sacrifices were being offered up to gods on pyramids. Thousands and thousands of lives, of babies' lives, were being sacrificed. So how beautiful that Our Lady appeared pregnant with a sash indicating that she was pregnant, um, always appearing in a culture to the people of that culture and speaking in their language, always reaching us where we're at. So, I'm going to read this now. We're going to alternate the paragraphs. Very early one Saturday morning, at the beginning of December of 1531, a poor but respected Indian called Juan Diego was on his way on a holy errand. When he reached the hill called Tepeyac, dawn was breaking, and he heard singing coming from above the hill. The singing stopped and was not heard again, but he heard a voice calling to him from atop the hill, Beloved Juan Diego, it said. He responded at once, bravely climbing the hill towards the place where the voice was coming from. When he reached the top, he saw a lady standing there who called him to herself. When he came close to her, he was stunned with how beautiful she was. Her clothes shone like the sun. Then the virgin gave him her command, No, beloved son, that I am the Immaculate Ever-Virgin Mary, Mother of the true God, who is the origin of all life, who creates all things and keeps them in being, the Lord of heaven and earth. I greatly wish, I earnestly desire that my house should be built in this very place. I will show him to you there and praise him as I show him my love and compassion, my help and defense. For in truth, I am your compassionate mother, yours and of all who live together in this land and of any others who love me, seek me and call on me with confidence and devotion. In that house, I will listen to their weeping and their sadness. I will give them help in their troubles and a cure for their misfortunes. 
so that this desire of mine may be fulfilled, go to Mexico City to the palace of the bishop. Tell him that I have sent you to him to tell him how much I want a house to be built here for me, a church built here at the bottom of the hill. When Juan Diego arrived in the city, he went immediately to the house of the bishop, Juan Zumaraga, a Franciscan. But when the bishop heard what he had to say, he did not believe him completely and said, My son, come another time, and I'll listen to you then. Meanwhile, I'll consider what should be done about your wish and your desire. Another day he saw the Queen of Heaven coming down from where he had seen her. She came to meet him next to the hill, stopped him, and said, Listen, my beloved son, have no fear or anxiety in your heart. Do not try to do anything about your uncle's grave illness or about any other trouble of yours. For am I not here with you, your mother? Are you not safe in the shadow of my protection? Am I not the source of your life and your happiness? Am I not holding you in my lap, wrapped in my arms? What else can you possibly need? Do not be upset or distressed. Climb again, my beloved son, to the summit of this hill, to the place where you saw me and heard me speak. You will find flowers growing there. Pick them and gather them and bring them down to me. Juan Diego came back with the flowers he had picked. She looked at them, took them with her blessed hands, and put them in his tilma, or cape. She told him, Most beloved son, these flowers are the sign that you are to carry to the bishop. You yourself are my messenger, and I entrust myself to your faithfulness. I strictly command you not to unfold your tilma in front of anyone except the bishop, but to him you should show what it is you are carrying. As you do so, tell him the story of how I asked you to climb to the top of the hill and pick the flowers there. Tell him everything you saw and marveled at, so that he will believe you and undertake to build the church I wish for. Obedient to the command of the Queen of Heaven, he took the road to Mexico City. He went happily, confident that all would turn out well. Coming into the palace, he prostrated himself before the bishop and recounted all that he had seen and told him the errand on which he had been sent. My Lord, he said, I have done as you asked. I went to my lady, the Queen of Heaven, Holy Mary, the Mother of God, and told her that you had asked for a sign so that you might believe me and build the church that the Virgin herself desires. I told her that I had given my word to bring you back some sign of her wishes. She heard what you had asked and accepted with good grace your request for some sign so that you could fulfill her will. Today, very early, she sent me back to see you. The whole city came running to see the holy image. They wondered at it, accepted it as the work of God, and made prayers to him. And that day, Juan Diego's uncle, whom the Virgin had cured, told them in what way she would be revered, and said that her image should be shown as the ever-Virgin Saint Mary of Guadalupe. That's it. (laughs) I mean, there's so much more to it. I mean, books and books have been written, by the way, about this miracle that remains with us to this day. You know, it's the uh, ultimate selfie, right, (laughs) as people have described it. Um, And so many miracles associated with this tilma, um, that that the colors have remained as vibrant as as original, uh, that when they examined um, her eyeballs, if you will, in the image itself, they could see the bishop and they could see Juan Diego uh, microscopically. 
Um, there are numerous miracles associated with this. And, you know, I, I get that somebody may listening right now may think, well, who knows, that could be of Satan. Um, or they could just kind of disregard it. And, you know, but I encourage you again, we've got this great thing called the Internet. And spend some time looking up Eucharistic miracles. Spend some time looking into the miracles of the church and realize and ask yourself the question, you know, as Jesus even said, a house against divided against itself cannot stand. These are miracles that lead people to the heart of Christ. And well, certainly there are superstitions and that sort of thing. By and large, the intent and what has happened throughout history has been an awakening to what? In the very first public miracle, Mary said, do whatever he says, pointing us to Jesus. That's the heart, again, of human and material instrumentality. That's our role. Our role is to point to Jesus and say, do whatever he says. So this excerpt that we read was from today's Office of Readings, as Greg said, and it's, you know, it definitely skips a lot of the details and such. So if you missed the little jump, the miracle was not only the roses or the flowers as they refer to them, which again, it was the middle of winter and nothing should have been growing there. And it was a, a rose that shouldn't have ever, would not have ever grown even in that area um, but the the big miracle in and of itself was that Our Lady allowed her image to be imprinted on his tilma. And as Greg was sharing, just the amazing miracles of, as they have studied this and um, just very cool facts. Even the one that always stood out to me was the tilma actually um, holds 98.6 as its constant temperature. Mm. Um and again, so many things that you could look up on the internet. Carl Anderson is um, yes, yep, the has a phenomenal Knights book. Of Columbus, yes, um, civilization of love or something like that yes. is in the title. He was actually on Catholic Radio this morning and gave a phenomenal interview um, on this feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe. As as talking about this, my mind goes back to. Um, my, I think, seventh grade teacher, Sister Jean, who told us this story, and I can picture her as clear as day um, in great animation and passion describing this whole episode and, you know, details about his sick uncle and how Juan Diego tried to avoid Our Lady <laughs> by going around the hill and just all these different fun little very human facts and, you know, her little drawings on the board and um, and just how so much of that stuck with me and the beauty of the story and um, just the, her words and the expression of that motherly love. So with those memories and even recounting this beautiful feast day today, I encourage you parents in particular um, to tell your kids stories, hmm. certainly about the saints. They are fascinating, right? They're just real deal, cool, very um, drawing in gifts that we can give our children that will last a very long time. And along with that, hopefully, is the grace and virtue um, of their example. But in particular, focusing on Our Lady of Guadalupe, just the many different apparitions um, of Our Lady and her messages and um, just reaching out. And I, I feel like as we're getting older, I've missed doing a lot of that for years and have come getting in contact older. Um, no, just like kind of diving deeply into apparitions that I've not heard of or known. Like mm. I thought I knew them all, right? And it seems more and more of late, I'm finding these different titles of Our Lady um, in remote parts of the world that I never knew about. So even just kind of piquing that interest and learning about new ones together, um, just very, very cool. And again, a great gift 
that we can give in, in communicating the faith in such a beautiful, vibrant, um, interesting way. Kids mm-hmm. love stories, first of all, and, and in particular, those just very cool, heroic things, supernatural things. As you were speaking, we could spend a lot of time on this. Just another um, invitation to our listeners to call in and uh, just share with us what the Lord's doing with you, what's touching you, what's moved you of late. 877-275-8098. Ms. Steph, I sent you a link. Um, you can see right now that of many, many places that have facts about her. Um, but I do want to just read one of these. Um It says, it has qualities that are humanly impossible to replicate. Mm -hmm. Made primarily of cactus fibers, a tilmo is typically of very poor quality and at a rough surface, making it difficult enough to wear, much less paint, a lasting image on it. Nevertheless, the image remains, and scientists who have studied the image insist there was no technique used beforehand to treat the surface. The surface bearing the image is reportedly like silk to the touch, while the unused portion of the tilmo remains coarse. What's more, experts in infrared photography studying the Telma in the late 70s determined that there was no brush, there were no brush strokes, as if the image was slapped onto the surface all at once. And it was discovered by Dr. Philip Callahan, a biophysicist at the University of Florida, that the difference of appearance with its, with its texturing and coloration of Our Lady's skin up close compared to a small distance away is impossible to recreate. This, along with an iridescent quality of slightly changing colors, depending on the angle at which a person looks, and the fact that the coloration in the image was determined to have no animal or mineral elements, provide a lot of seemingly unanswerable questions, which, of course, is awesome. You, were, you had mentioned, as we're still on this, um, just the eyes, you know, so picture how big that would be. It's not that big, right? An image right. of a of a tilma, or on the tilma, and... Um, the uh, scientist who did the research on it, when he magnified the eyes, as you said, they found um, 13 different people of varying size who were in the room, like the mm. the um, reflection. So I just, that is just God kind of cool. Magnified at 2,500 times. Now, those of you in any kind of uh, visual technology, you know, you get the idea of resolution, I mean, what happens when you take a small image of low resolution and you blow it up? It gets really pixelated. It gets really fuzzy and blurry. But they blew up the eyes here at 2,500 times, and it retained clarity to be able to see, just as Stephanie said, 13 different individuals. So a lot to read about here, folks. And I think, again, it it pronounces uh, the message that God is truly with us that um, he, he, he's revealing himself to draw us back to his heart, to make us mindful that he is present to us in so many ways. How cool do, or how excited do we get at all the cool, quote-unquote, ways that people propose, um, you know, guys propose to girls, or now the new thing is asking to proms and <laughs> dances and, and whatever, but just, or like making something really special for somebody like, look at all that God has done, and even mm. just this example, like to our importance and His love for us and Mary's love for us, and it's just kind of awesome. So, because all of those fun details and cool things again directly point back to what that just desire to be with us. Amen. Folks, you're tuned in to Ignite Radio Live with Greg and Stephanie. Delighted to be with you in this Advent season and just opening our hearts 
in our minds, keeping it real that we need God. He's with us and we need him. And if we just availed ourselves to his presence with us, we've talked about presence for Christmas. We've read the story of Our Lady of Guadalupe. We're going to go to a commercial right now. But if something's on your heart right now that you need to share that uh, gives testimony to God alive in your life, it's not meant to be alone. It's not meant to be solitude. It's meant to be proclaimed. The world needs to hear it. Somebody listening right now perhaps needs to hear your story of God with us, your story of Emmanuel that uh, punctuates that truly this, these aren't just words, ancient words that are immaterial and irrelevant and inconsequential, but the living God is with us today. So think about that, and I'm going to give you the number again and uh, call in. We want to hear from you, 877-275-8098. Presence for Christmas is an amazing four-week journey into the heart of Christ's Mass, taking place on the four Wednesdays before Christmas at St. Joan of Arc in Toledo. We'll hear a new, inspiring story each week featuring Peter Range, Deacon Mike Learned, The Culture Project, Connie Cronin, and Patty Savage McNamara. Donations will benefit their respective ministries. Go right now and obtain your free tickets and hear an inspiring presentation by Bishop Daniel Thomas at PresenceForChristmas.com This is an Ignite Flash Fire moment. Right now, can you think of one person you know who's struggling, in need of knowing God's love? If someone came to mind, God just spoke to your heart. We're going to light it up right now. Send them a quick message. It could be by Facebook, email, text message. Make it short and sweet. Simply tell them you were thinking about them. You appreciate them. You're praying for them. You're in it with them. That God loves them. If we respond to this simple flash fire prompting right now, together we'll move His kingdom a big step forward. Ignite Flash Fire is brought to you by MassImpact.us. Not just a moment, a movement. Did you see the Guardians of the Galaxy? Did you watch the Packer game? How's your portfolio? Pizza is awesome. What we talk about doesn't just reveal what's important to us. It reveals who's important to us. This week, take a risk to grow deeper. Consider throwing in one of these. What's your biggest challenge right now? Hey, what can I pray for you for? What can I do to make your life easier right now? How about joining us for Mass this Sunday? Yeah, and coming over for breakfast. Let's pray the Holy Communion we receive correspond to a holy community we live. This has been a Mass Impact Moment. Join the great adventure at massimpact.us. Games are something you play with a board, not with a soul. Let's not sugarcoat this. Satan is getting many to join him through a door called pornography. That door is everywhere a device is. The consequences are devastating. If you or those you love don't have filtering on your computers or devices, you're playing games with souls. You're leaving the door wide open. Please join us now in shutting that door. Go right now to massimpact.us. Click on Covenant Eyes. Hey, everybody. I'm John Paul Schleter and one of six children, which means we're pretty busy. In fact, one weekend, we had eight soccer games, four cross-country meets, and a bunch of other events. 
But you know what the best part of it was? Besides Mass, of course. Setting aside time as a family to talk and pray. I want to invite you to go right now to MassImpact.us. Check out the Live It Gathering Guide. It's new every week. A great way for families to talk and pray based upon Sunday readings. Your kids will grump at the idea. Expect it, but trust me, it will be the best 30 minutes you will spend in a long, long time. It will help you all experience God alive in your family relationships that make your house a home. Join us now at MassImpact.us. Thanks, Mom. That was pretty awesome. You know, Mass Impact and Ignite has been going across the Northwest Ohio now for, for months, and, and thousands of people, literally thousands of people in our diocese, have experienced that love. We believe that he said what he meant and meant what he said when he proclaimed that his body is real food and his blood is real drink. Simply put, Mass Impact is a nonprofit movement seeking the heart of God in the very heart of His Catholic Church. Uh, people just keep kept coming and coming. Not just in a moment, but, but to surrender their entire lives. We desire our hearts to be moved by what moves His. And to see that happening monthly. We are responding to an urgent call at an urgent time. The recent Pope, John Paul, said, now's the time. This is the moment. We're taking big steps in faith throughout our diocese and beyond. I want to buckle my chin strap and take the field. And we are seeing tremendous growth. I mean, I'm just roused and emboldened to mission, to do something. We cannot do it alone. We need you right now. Please partner with us. Go to massimpact.us right now and click on the Contribute tab. If you and I respond in faith right now, we will see souls in heaven who would not have been there had we said no. It was nothing short of amazing. Does it have that same kind of effect on you? Please go to massimpact.us and contribute. It's time to move. Welcome back to Ignite Radio Live. You're with Greg and Stephanie Schleter. And we want to hear from you. 877-275-8098. 877-275-8098. Tell us how the Lord is working in your life. What testimony do you have? How's your Advent going? Do you have a prayer request? Call on in. We would love to hear from you. 877 877- Two seven five eight zero nine eight. You know you want to do it. <laughs> nice. Thanks. So, just listening to those commercials reminds me. Four years ago. Gosh, it's been a while, John Paul. What a cute little voice you had. <laughs> um, it's not anymore. Uh, yeah, it's a it's different a kind voice. of manly voice. So, gosh, image Trinity. It live it. These, the Live It Gathering Guide. What's that all about? You're asking me? I'm asking you. So, folks, um, this, is really, this really originated, this movement, um, really organically. Steph and I, parents of seven children, one in heaven, and we knew that we needed to make the time amidst the busyness. Um, we could be good people. We can go to Mass. We can make time periodically for the rosary even. But we knew we needed to find a time where we opened the door, if you will, to connect with one another's souls. 
to kind of find out more about what's happening in one another's lives. Stephanie and I, of course, um, were engaged uh, and dated, and prior to that, just friends in ministry, ministering with young people. We knew their yearning to connect with their parents. We knew the yearning to have meaningful conversations. We knew how infrequent it was that those conversations had. I mean, they'd get together with their friends at youth group or whatever, or with us and the teams that we led, and they were they delighted in a structured time to talk about meaningful things in their lives. And Steph and I were privileged before we were married to experience that. But it carried with us, you know, to having one child and two and up, you know, now six who are living, you know, with us. And we felt, you know, we need to do the same in our home. We need to have time that we make, like those youth group contexts, to talk and pray as a family. And we thought, you know, there's no better way to structure that than with the Sunday readings. So um, it's not about any genius that we have or created. We're really just wanting to receive the treasure of the church. Like, you know, so many of us, maybe in Mass, we, right, we zone out during the readings. Well, how can we open the door to understand and experience His Word in a relational, engaging, healing, transforming, challenging way in the context of our family? So you put all that together, and... Um, Really, it, it was, they were the roots of a movement, certainly Ignite, uh, which is going throughout this diocese with this burning bush and these candles that ideally these families are lighting these candles in their homes as they talk and pray, but bringing it to this event called Ignite in their parish. But that candle that you'll see around the burning bush with Jesus at the top, that whom we're worshiping, ideally that candle is more than just a nice little aesthetic thing for an hour, hour and a half of adoration. Ideally, that candle is representative of a light that is in our homes, and that it's a candle that's lit when we gather to talk and pray. So specifically, once a week, we try to set aside that, and even more times in the car, talking and praying, but at least once a week, usually many times more, we are gathering to talk and pray as a family. And online at massimpact.us, you can download the Live It Gathering Guide. Some of you I know are empty nesters. And there are a good number in this diocese who are doing this with men's groups, with women's groups, with youth groups. Um, Some, you know, they're lit groups that are coming together. By the way, uh, well, I'll tell you about that later, a little commercial later. But So we have them for groups, downloadable guides for groups, but we also have them for families. And you can find them at massimpact.us, new every week based upon the Sunday readings. And here's a challenge for you. Here's a challenge. You know the time you'll set aside to watch a movie. Wonderful. You know the time you'll set aside to watch a great sports event on TV or to go to a child's game or whatever. You know the discretionary time that you have. I'm just challenging you as parents to set aside, I'm going to say 45 minutes in this next week. Now, you already know it's going to be a challenge, right? Which should tell you something, that somebody doesn't want you to set aside sacred time and space to do this. You maybe have fear, oh, what's this going to be like? My kids, it's over the top, and we go to church already, and isn't that good enough? And we're good people, and we have good conversations. That's all great. But I'm going to challenge you to set aside 45 minutes and just do it by the book. Do it by the book. Go to massimpact.us, download the gathering guide, and do it from beginning to end. If you have any questions of how it works, it's pretty straightforward, and one of the rules is make it your own. But it begins with family fun questions. And you go around and you kind of say, hey, guys, you know, we're going to set aside the gadgets and devices. And I know it's going to be a challenge, kids. 
But let's do this. Make hot chocolate or whatever your favorite beverage is and have some cookies or whatever and tell them, just prepare them. Hey, guys, it's different because we're so used to electronic media. Prepare them for that. But say, we're going to set aside time just to have some good conversations, and I want you guys to help me with this. Let's do it. Maybe even have, you know, tell them you'll take them to the Star Wars new movie coming out this Friday uh, if they do this. (laughs) Give them an incentive if they do it well. So invite them to do this for 45 minutes. After those family fun questions, you've got, you know, the four daily, five daily questions that are things like, what's a victory in your life? What's a challenge? What's an affirmation you can give to somebody in your family? What's something new going on in your life right now? Go around and have everybody answer that question. Little ones, we understand. You help them out a little bit with that. And then there's a part there where you read the readings. And I want to say this, if you do nothing more than read the gospel for them to hear it in advance of Sunday, it will come alive for them when they hear it again on Sunday. But even more, when you proclaim the gospel, there are questions there. And the first question for all the readings is simply this. What, I don't have it in front of me, hopefully memorized. What struck you in this reading? Challenged you? inspired you? What questions did it raise? That question number one for any of the readings or the gospel alone is typically enough to get even just a few people talking and sharing meaningfully. Again, what struck you in this reading? What challenged you? What inspired you? What questions did it raise? So again, you can download this at massimpact.us and it really corresponds to what you'll see in our banner head. Not another program, a way of life in Jesus Christ. It just punctuates the idea that, you know, Crescio, Chirp, uh, Mass Impact, you know, I mean, any of these events that we've gone to um, are great, right? We're all about them. We're all about events. We're all about moments. But the big question is, to what end? And then what? How does it permeate our marriage? How does it permeate our family? How is it affecting our culture? How is that experience that we've had in that retreat translating into the way we're living in our homes? And here's a simple, accessible way to do that, 45 minutes to do it. So th- that's what I was just going to say. It's the, it's the answer to the question. And then what, you know, as you're saying, like there, and so many families that we've talked with over the years have a great desire to pray and to communicate on a deeper level. And they just really are at a loss for whatever reasons and um, are looking for a guide to help them. And, that is why this can be such a gift to families in particular, I think. You know, Bishop Thomas, God bless our bishop, pray mm. for our bishop daily. We are mm. so blessed with him, but he needs our prayers. Mm. He, you know, faces a lot every day. Um, but his call to holy um, holy disciples, holy, holy families, family. holy vocations. Yes. And really, we believe that this just goes you know, seamlessly along with that, because it is talking together, it is praying together, it is challenging personally, it is helping build up family life and family faith life. And and with that comes holy vocations. So just in a um, a real gift, again, it's it may come very naturally to some people once they begin. Others, you know, it takes a little more time and, and even more time to figure out what works best for your family mm-hmm. and how to make it your own. But the fact is we need to do it. We make time for mm-hmm. that, which is important. Mm-hmm. And if we can't see the value of um, helping to form a holy domestic church 
to form souls, to help each other in that way, then we really need to step back and examine what's most important. So Rita from Huron called in a couple weeks ago and shared with us candidly. She said, I've never led this before. I've been part of a, we call them lit groups. She said, I've been part of them before, but she said, I'm just going to invite some neighbors to join me to do a lit group. And they were going to do them on Tuesdays. And I know they had at least succeeded in three in a row and, you know, we we get busy or whatever. But uh, she gave great testimony to the fact that if you're awkward, do it anyways. Mm -hmm. If you're new to it, do it anyways. If you're uncomfortable, do it anyways. If you don't know how to lead, do it anyways. People get that. And I think they're all the more disposed, the more human we are. I mean, the only desire ability God requires is availability. I know it sounds cliche. It is just so true, though. Just open the door with your families and with groups to gather. Your life, your marriage, your family, your work, your whole world, trust me, will be transformed. Um, And just to kind of now a little commercial. So on January 13th, a Saturday, we are having a lit marriage mission retreat led by Father Nathan Cromley. The, uh, I'll say it again, Lit Marriage Mission Retreat, led by Father Nathan Cromley. It really was, if you will, sold out perhaps a couple weeks ago, but we found a way to increase the capacity. And so now there are additional places available for married couples on this day at St. Joan of Arc, Saturday, January 13th, from like 9 a.m. till 3 p.m. He's going to take us deeper into the life of Christ. This, you know, empty fill and overflow movements of Jesus. And, you know, really corresponds to a talk he gave at our home where he said, married couples, go on the offensive. God made us strong. God gave us a grace by virtue of our sacrament. And maybe the enemy gets at us because we're not mindful of our mission. Mindful, certainly to one another, certainly to our children. But we're going to experience that mission-mindedness all the more on that day. And here's the cool thing if that isn't cool enough, which is pretty cool. Um, It's not going to end there. We're asking participants to be open to live it out beyond that day, to commit to seven weeks, seven consecutive weeks, which begin with Lent, so a few weeks later, seven consecutive weeks, once a week and two hours, an evening that makes sense, a two-hour span of time, to gather to talk and pray with four other couples. So we're asking all to make that commitment at an evening that works for them for seven weeks, the six weeks they'll gather. And then on the seventh week, all of these couples, right now we're looking at 120 people, probably 60 couples that are open to this, a number already committed, a number of our leaders. But how awesome would this be if even just these 60 couples committed to this retreat, which they're coming to, and then the seven weeks gathering with four other couples, do you know the impact that's going to have through those weeks of Lent leading into Easter to really try to experience God alive in their relationships through Scripture? I think it's going to be pretty powerful. So where can you go to sign up for that? Massimpact.us forward slash lit marriage. Massimpact.us forward slash lit marriage. And uh, if you need that again, you can contact me or Annunciation Radio. They'll give you my number and information. But uh, we are we are needing to close the doors on that pretty soon because we need to order food and all that sort of thing. So, Stephanie, um, let's quickly wind down here with the proclamation of the gospel. Um, I don't know if you have it up in front of you. I do, actually. Go ahead. Almost. This coming Sunday's gospel. Uh, give me one second. I have the readings. Okay, so this Sunday's gospel, the third Sunday of Advent, is from John. A man named John was sent from God. He came for testimony to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. And this is the testimony of John. 
When the Jews from Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to him to ask him, Who are you? He admitted and did not deny it, but admitted, I am not the Christ. So they asked him, What are you then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, No. So they said to him, Who are you? So we can give an answer to those who sent us. What do you have to say for yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the desert. Make straight the way of the Lord, as Isaiah the prophet said. Some Pharisees were also sent. They asked him, Why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ or Elijah or the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water, but there is one among you whom you do not recognize, the one who is coming after me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to untie. This happened in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. What a savage is our teens would say the words are John so the Baptist. I know. These days. <laughs> I know my goodness especially since we have dear friends named savage yes. many of them and they're savage they are truly savage in the good sense but just not afraid to preach it right right what struck me in this stephanie as we're coming in for a landing here is god's first self-revelation to moses when he said who should i say sent me was i am and jesus in the garden when they asked are you the one you know, before he was went into his passion, he said, are you the one? And he said, I am. Again, so I am is God. By contrast, John knew who he was not. He says, I am not. And how often do we try to trudge through this world trying to be the I am? For all our struggles, all our challenges, all our difficulties, we want to be the answer, and we're not. John got that, and I, I'm inspired by him in saying to every difficulty, every challenge, everything that affects us, and I extend this to you tonight, brothers and sisters, as you face the challenges in your life, simply let's have the humility to say, I am not. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Lord Jesus, you are the answer. You are the provision. You are the satisfaction. We are not. Whatever challenge, whatever difficulties we face, and we do face them, God, humble us to say, I am not, but to know that you are the great I am, that for every difficulty, you are the answer. We avail our hearts and our minds to you and claim our marriages, our families, and this region for you, God, and for your kingdom. We ask all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen.